0: Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio, Talk, radio Show. Talk Show.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman and Kirk Cosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for July the 13th in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our Founding Fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the Blueprint for Liberty, the Supreme Law, of the Land, the Constitution for the United States of, our, of America as our guide. We're absolutely convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful, restorative solutions we have at our fingertips, we reject revolution, we stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. We are syndicated by Loving Liberty Radio Networks, LovingLiberty.net, spread the word, tell the tale, live and on-demand radio at your fingertips, donate today as well, at LovingLiberty.net. And um, when you're there, you can listen online if you like, on-demand and live, but you can also download their incredible apps, iPhone, Android. Just about every phone. That's one of the best ways to listen via the smartphone apps. LovingLiberty.net. All right. On Saturday, we were live. I had the good sheriff, Richard Mack, with me riding shotgun. It was a two-riveting-hour broadcast. You can learn more about the good sheriff at CSPOA.org. We talked about Donald Trump commutes, Roger Stone's sentence on seven felonies. Roger Stone is now a free man, the White House says. Kayleigh McEnany, the White House press secretary, said, quote, Stone was a victim of the Russia hoax that the left perpetuated for years in an attempt to undermine the President Trump presidency. Uh, We need to investigate the investigators, if you will. Yeah, the pandemic we have is really a pandemic of corruption, folks. All right. Anyway, we also uh, are grateful that Roger Stone has not been convicted. We're not saying Roger's perfect. We're just simply saying, look, you got to investigate the investigators, folks. These people are corrupt. Let's all get out. Hillary Clinton runs around free. Lois Lerner runs around free. Roger Stone and Steve Stockman in prison. We got Roger out. Now, President Trump, please turn your sights. To our good friend and brother in Christ, Steve Stockman, please. Please, President Trump. It's time to cancel the cancel culture. They are now targeting this group. It's called Goya Foods. Goya Foods. It's the largest Hispanic-owned food company in the United States, folks. Why are they targeting this company? Because its CEO... Went to the White House, okay, Um, because they're working on Hispanic issues, right? President Trump, the big old racist trying to help the Hispanics. And uh, so this guy, the CEO, the Goya Foods, and President Trump, you know, we're at the White House working together. And the CEO said, we are all truly blessed to have a leader like President Trump, who is a builder. We're grateful. We're blessed to have a president like President Trump, who is a builder. Now they're literally attacking the whole food company. It is insane, folks. Our prayers are with the CEO and with this Goya food company. It makes me want to go buy food from them. (laughs) I don't really know how I can do that, but I'm just saying, wow. Wow. Why would they attack Goya Foods just because the guy was nice and respectful to the president president of the United States? All right, Donald Trump, quote, Fossey has made a lot of mistakes. President slams nation's top. Quote, infectious disease expert and other f- officials. He was talking to Sean Hannity. And, um, you know, Trump, you just need to fire Fossey or Fauci, whatever the guy's name is, get rid of him. Okay, the guy's bad for our nation. He's been a, an alarmist for 40 years in the government. It's time to just jettison the guy and get somebody new who will look at it differently. Anyway, that was our one with a good sheriff. Our two, we talked about Hillsdale College. They're doing a survey. They say, please help us understand the rise of socialism. Why are the young turning to socialism? And I got a clear, simple answer, because uh, Donald Trump said, and he's spot on right, he accuses government schools of radical indoctrination. He threatens to even revoke their tax-exempt status. President Trump, you need to defund the education department immediately, and you need to withhold funding from these thugs that are indoctrinating our children. But, you know, people, what do you expect when you create government schools And that's the 10th plank straight out of the Communist Manifesto for Compulsory Education. You're surprised when it goes off the rails? Anyway, my question is this. Oh, Lord, where is the black-robed regiment for real education in America? Where are the religious leaders that should be standing up in the pulpits um, with indignation, righteous indignation standing up for God, family, and country and the morality of this nation, huh? All right, we talked about California. You can sing about revolution, but not about God. That's right. Governors out of control down there in California. Do you know how many states are now wavering on whether they'll go back into, quote, lockdown mode right now, folks? Freedom-loving patriots need to rise up and declare to these governors and national leaders that our freedoms are not for sale. Our faith will not be silenced, and our families will not bow to anti-religious tyrants. Amen to that. Liberty Council with that headline. Good for them. They're spot on, right on. Radio host and civil rights attorney, his name is Leo Terrell, black gentleman, but a wonderful guy standing up for what's right. He said the reason that he and many other blacks plan to vote for President Trump this year. Is because, hey, man, the Democratic Party has been hijacked by the BLM. Boy, is he right about that, too. And if you go study the BLM, uh, what, position statement, you'll be shocked. They, they want to reject everything we hold dear, folks. It is insanity. Go study Black Lives Matter and their mission statement. It is shocking. Anti-family, anti-God, anti-country, anti-everything we hold dear. Tucker Carlson and Brett Hume discussed an interesting topic. They discussed the importance of the 2020 election cycle and the likelihood of a Democratic one-party state. Yeah, why do they say that? Because we're importing literally millions and millions and millions of illegals. Joe Biden has now promised he's going to go ahead and give them all legal status, kind of like Reagan did in yesteryear. And uh, they say 22-plus million of them. And Britt Hume says, even if it's uh, 11 million, we won't see a Republican win for a long time. And if the everybody but whites idea continues to have tons of babies and whites have no babies, uh, then it won't be long and we'll never win an election again. All right, we talked about the Salt Lake City protest and protests that continue to go on as people riot, even in the most conservative state and one of the most conservative cities in the Union. SLC protests, death threats issued, curfews extended, arrests made, Governor Gary Herbert declares a state of emergency, and then he's forced to extend that state of emergency declaration. It is out of control, folks. But, of course, they let him riot and rage, but don't you dare go to church, people. Masked mandate, they say urge now, not later. That's Utah governor. He says numbers will dictate a stronger measure, which means he's getting ready to outlaw, walking around without a mask. Forget about the mask God gave you. You'll put on a man-made mask. That ought to fix the world by 3 o'clock, ought it not? No, that's a big old satanic lie from the pit of hell. All right, Little Sisters and Religious Freedom employers have a victory at the Supreme Court. That was great news. What am I talking about? Well, they don't have to fund birth control. That's what. And to wrap it up on a good news note, Melania Trump, you know, the first lady doing a phenomenal job with her b campaign. Melania Trump, the first lady, delivered lunchbox lunches to a women and children's shelter in Washington, D.C. And I know some would say, oh, that's just a media op, Sam well, think what you want. I'm going to think the best about the first lady that her attempts are genuine. She doesn't have to do that. She could just send out a tweet that said this. Oh, I funded. I donated to, or I directed my servants, I mean my (coughs) staff to, but she literally went out there herself. And uh, I think it's an example that she's setting for the rest of the nation. And uh, I don't know why on earth you'd be critical of such wonderful work. I commend the First Lady. I appreciate all that she's done. She seems to be a calming, taming, patient, kind, leadership style influence on what's happening. And I, I'm just, I'm proud of her, folks. We need more of it. That's all I can say. Lowell Nelson, Campaign for Liberty.org. Welcome back, sir. Thanks
2: for having me back, gentlemen. Good to be with you.
1: Do you want to give a big old shout out to the First Lady before we move on?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think she is a calming influence on. Affairs uh, back there in the White House, and you know, uh, women folk do that for men. They Amen. provide uh, calming influence, and and we all we all benefit from, you know, um, from partnering with. mean, uh, men men benefit from partnering with a good woman. What Kurt, more can I say, Kurt? You
3: want to give a big shout
1: out to the First Lady before the end of the segment?
3: Amen, uh, Melania Trump, good lady, be best.
1: Amen. We're grateful for her and for her leadership. I'm also grateful for President Trump, even despite uh, you know the things that we wish he'd do more of. Right. All right. Hang tight. Got a lot straight ahead. Lowell Nelson Campaign for Liberty in seconds on your radio.
4: Kosher, certified. Put the two words together to get kosher certified, which is spelled with an S-E-H instead of just S H. It's the right way to spell this, the German way, and it made it easier to trademark. Now, did I tell you that the letters SCH still make the sound as in all those American food producers saying, let's keep it really quiet that our product is kosher certified. Think about it. Nearly one century of kosher certification and hardly anyone outside exclusive observers knows that most packaged food and kitchen products are literally certified by religious intermediaries. Well, because you, consumer, are indirectly paying for this. The Kosher Certified app is here to make kosher certification awareness an inclusive matter for people of all faiths and identities. And it even boasts a unique database of products not kosher certified. We call that NKC. Start memeing it. It's fun. NKC. Not kosher certified. Now, to confuse our audience even more, we put a question mark at the end of our name, and that really cinched our trademark approval. It relates to the website where you can begin your new shopping behavior, the kosherquestion.com.
0: Attention, Liberty News Radio listeners. Hard hitting Talk Radio has never been and never will be supported by the mainstream in America. Hard Hitting Talk Radio is taking on the mainstream press like never before news the networks refuse to use is one of the best ways to educate people we invite all liberty loving americans to join with us to restore the principles of our founding fathers and promote god family and country in the media and our lives please help spread the liberty message with your generous donation you can go online at libertynewsradio.com right now and make a donation online or call 801-756-9133 and make a donation over the phone. That's libertynewsradio.com and 801-756-9133. Make a donation today. With new the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show.
1: All right, we got a rock and roll. The old Elson Campaign for Liberty.org with us. Big Pharma Incentives, man, they got dollar, dollar, dollar signs shining in their eyes, don't they, buddy?
2: They sure do, Sam. I've never really uh, seen a dollar figure associated with the potential COVID 19 vaccine. I guess it would be maybe a billion dollars, but I had no idea that it would be a lot more than that. And yet, I just read an article yesterday that said the NHS, now that's the National Health Services in Great Britain, right? The, The NHS in the UK has committed to purchase a vaccine for the entire population of Great Britain. That's a commitment of 80 million doses at an agreed price of around 600 bucks for each vaccination. That's about $50 billion, a lot of incentives to mislead people. This week, a U.S. pharmaceutical company received $1.6 billion toward their efforts to make this vaccine, which, in the opinion of many experts, won't work on a coronavirus and will be untested and experimental. End of quote.
1: And you know how big Great Britain is compared to the United States, sir?
2: Well, it's very small. But yeah, it's got about sixty
1: million people. We got about three hundred and thirty million people.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, can you? So, if they're fifty, go,
1: what fifty billion?
2: Uh, well, they said its commitment is eighty billion, but you're saying the population is less than that, eighty billion.
1: Yeah, I think it's like sixty billion, but maybe it is more like eighty. But anyway, either way, all I'm telling you is between sixty and eighty billion, it's what a quarter of the size of the United States. So, how much money were they talking?
2: Yeah, $50 billion.
1: Yeah, so if we do four times that, we're at least $200 billion, and our outbreak is supposedly greater than anybody else's in the world, they say, right?
2: Yep, that's right. UK says it's 66.6 million people right now.
1: Wow, other than that, hey, no problem. Anyway, bottom line is big pharma stands to gain. They must be ecstatic about COVID-19. They love it keep up the threat, keep up the paranoia, but a latent doctor contradicting their uh, assessment, right? Rejecting the narrative, if you
5: will.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I got this just in the email over the weekend, uh, a gentleman in Pleasant Grove named named Bob. Uh, I won't give his full name because I don't have his permission, but he wrote to me um, and shared with me some, some correspondence, probably an email that he had gotten from this, this doctor in Layton, Utah, this doctor is a urologist in Layton, Utah. And what he said was just, I, I don't know, it's not earth-shaking, but I just thought it was interesting. He said, the number of positive cases does not reflect the number of people who are sick. a crucial dist- distinction, he says. And, and, and let me just parenthetically insert the fact that, yeah, positive cases doesn't mean you're sick, because the way they count cases now is that, is that if you test for antibodies to the virus, even though you're not sick, you're counted as being a case, a COVID case. And so, yeah, you're not sick. Whereas before, I mean, on olden days, when you and I were kids, Sam, you know, when a person got sick, then then he could be counted as a case of whatever, measles or mumps or flu or whatever. But now they're counting non-sick people as cases. Well, and to
1: make your point, in the United States, there's 330 million people in the country. There's only 3,304,000 that are even cases. All right. So what's that, 1%? Yeah. Okay.
2: And
1: 135,000 of those have died. So what's that?
2: That would be uh, less than 1% of the 1%.
1: Yeah. So less than 1% of the 1%. So what does that mean, 0.01% of the nation? Yeah. Yeah, In round quick numbers, that's less than the flu, sir. Yeah. (laughs) And even when you talk about the number of cases total being uh, 3,304,000, they say that 50% of those at least don't even know they're sick. 80% of those uh, might convalesce at home and get some rest and everything else. So 20% at the most get sick. What's 20% of 3,000,000? 3.4 Three or three million, three point four million. Aww. Well, ten percent of three million is three hundred thousand, right?
2: Yeah. yeah
1: uh huh. All right. So you know you might be looking at six hundred thousand that are even sick. Yeah. I okay, give it six hundred thousand out of a nation of three hundred thirty million. I'm not saying it's something to ignore, but it's not something to melt society down over. Yeah. It's not something where we say, hey, if you have a heart attack, you can't really get heart surgery because it's elective or whatever you want to say. We've just gone into crazy mode uh, is the point. And I don't want to spend too much time on that, but I want to highlight that's their narrative, folks. So the real questions are what are the solutions? Well, first off, the hospitals are not even full. We need to get back to living, folks. lol.
2: Exactly what the good doctor there in Layton said. He says, uh, "I, uh, you know, if, if you're sick, then quarantine and seek help if you're not getting better." But uh, the hospitals are not full. He says we need to get back to living. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, uh, that, that, that's all we need to say about that, Sam. I'm just saying this is a testimony of a doctor uh, in Layton, Utah, saying, you know, he's disagreeing with you and me on on what we what what you just said about. You know, if, if you're sick, then quarantine yourself, but let everybody else get on with their lives.
1: All right, J.B. Handley writes an incredible article entitled, Second Wave? Not Even Close, sir.
2: This is the same J.B. Handley who wrote the book, um, the, uh, How to End the Autism Epidemic. For those of you who might think you the name is familiar, J.B. Handley, that's why it's familiar. He wrote, um, yeah, How to End the Autism Epidemic. Great, great book. And uh, anyway, but I like this article, the Second Wave article, because it says what I've been saying all along, and that is that we should welcome contact with this novel coronavirus. In fact, most of us have already been exposed to it by now, or even better than that, most of us have an immune system that is already prepared to vanquish this coronavirus, this COVID-19 virus. And, 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 and so using... Uh, CDC data, the trend line in COVID-19 deaths is definitely downward. Now, it's hard to see this graph on the radio like this, but just let me read the numbers to you so you can picture this graph in your mind. This is the CDC weekly COVID death. So beginning on February 1st, there's five data points in February. They are 0, 1, 0, 6, and 5. So basically, a total of 12 people died in February in the United States. There are four data points in March. They go as follows 33, 52, 561, 3,124. So the numbers explode right there in the middle of March. They jump from 52 to 561, which is a tenfold increase. And then. It's a
1: tenfold increase, but let me put it in perspective. It's still not a very big number compared to a nation of three. 130 million people okay <laughs> right. it's just not a big number now i'm not trying to mock it or say those lives don't matter i'm just putting it in perspective right
2: yeah and and because uh most of those uh those unfortunate souls would would have died this this year anyway and and it, it may be that their deaths were accelerated by this maybe but the comorbidity morbidity is so great in the death that one could you know in a cold, hard, logical way, say that they were going to die anyway. So it's its just, I don't know, it's a lot of to-do about nothing. It doesn't
1: dismiss the reality of the importance of their lives, but it does uh-huh. acknowledge the reality that we all got to die of something, folks. Let's be clear.
2: Yeah. So there are four data points in April, uh, 9,900, 16004 16,886, which was the highest number on the chart, by the way, and then 15,199.
1: So at so the we, end of April, it starts to go down.
2: Yeah, really. Uh, it, it then begins the decline, thankfully. Five data points in May are going as follows. 12,949, 10,933, 8,917, 6,915, and 5,817. In June, we have four more data points: uh, 4,577, 3,577, 2,532, 1,024. And in July, just one data point so far: 3,000. I'm sorry, 300, 302. Yeah.
1: And my problem is they're not even highlighting this reality in the media of how much the deaths are going down. What they're focusing on is they're not even focusing on hospital rates either. What they're focusing on is the case number, which sounds massive. Oh, my gosh, 3.4 million cases of the corona. First off, I don't even believe the numbers on the cases, but even so, they make it sound like it's massive, but it's not. When then Anthony Fauci was asked about a second wave, he's like, we got to deal with the first wave first. What? Well, let's talk about an essay from a Brown professor in seconds on your radio with our good buddy, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org.
0: Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio
6: News with Chris Barnes. There are now 18 injuries being reported following a fire and explosion on the naval ship USS Bonhomme Richard in San Diego. The injury is said to be non-life-threatening. The Pentagon says about 160 sailors were on board when that fire was reported yesterday morning. The ship was undergoing maintenance at the time. Multiple reports say Washington, D.C.'s NFL franchise will be announcing today that it's retiring its Redskins nickname, which some say is racist. A new name is not expected to be announced right away, as copyrights are pending. Actress Kelly Preston, the wife of actor John Travolta, has died from breast cancer at 57 she was diagnosed with it two years ago. She started in movies including Jerry Maguire and What a Girl Wants. And this is USA Radio News.
7: Balance of nature, changing the world, one life at a time. I have seen a,
8: a change in how I feel. I do feel better. I actually feel like doing stuff, <laughs> if that makes any sense.
7: It's, it's just a, a better feeling just throughout my whole body. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code USA.
6: Former special counsel Robert Mueller responding to some claims that his investigation into alleged collusion between Russia and the 2016 Trump campaign was illegitimate following the president's decision to commute his longtime ally Roger Stone's sentence. Here's more from USA Radio's Wendy King.
7: Mueller published an op-ed in the Washington Post on Saturday, asserting that while the work of the special counsel's office, including indictments, guilty pleas, and convictions, should speak for itself, but that he felt compelled to respond to claims that its motives were improper and that Stone was a victim of the office. Mueller wrote, The Russia investigation was of paramount importance. Stone was prosecuted and convicted because he committed federal crimes. He remains a convicted felon, and rightly so.
6: A heat wave still blanketing the southwest. The mercury hitting 116 degrees in Phoenix yesterday, one degree hotter than the old record for that date. And this is USA Radio News.
1: Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about vaccinations. Vaccinations. We're talking about the coronavirus. Seems to be the only topic today that you can discuss. Sad to say, the hospitals are not full, folks. We need to get back to living. It's that simple. Second wave, not even close. J.B. Handley with the article. We're talking about an essay by Brown professor, Dr. Andrew, is it Boscom? Uh, anyway, this guy doing a great job, Lowell.
2: Yeah, sure is, uh, Dr. Andrew Boscom. Um, talking about the COVID-19 herd immunity without vaccination. It has naturally acquired herd immunity to COVID-19 combined with earnest protection of the vulnerable elderly, especially nursing home and assisted living facility residents, is an eminently reasonable and practical alternative to the dubious panacea of mass compulsory vaccination against the virus. This strategy was successfully impl- implemented in Sweden, which had few COVID-19 deaths by assiduously protecting its elder care homes while schools remained open, residents carried on drinking in bars and cafes, and the doors of hairdressers and gyms were open throughout. Well, it turns out that Sweden suffered about 5,500 deaths, Sam, for a population of 10 million people. Or a, and I'm I, I, By the way, Sam, I'm getting some feedback. Uh, are you hearing that, too? Nope. No feedback for us, sir. Oh, fantastic. Well, the- I'm
3: hearing a little something. Are you sure it's not on your end, Lowell?
2: Yeah, I'm sure. No, There's no, no noise on my end. Huh. Uh, okay. Um, okay, so carrying on here, the, he's talking about a hit, which is called the herd immunity threshold or herd immunity threshold hit against COVID-19. It turns out it's about 17% in Sweden. Which is a fairly low threshold, much lower than the 70% estimate of health officials early in the year. That the hit is only 17% is very good news. It means that when 17% of the population is exposed to COVID-19 virus, the number of illnesses will, from that point on, decline. And that is exactly what the CDC data are telling us here today. Since mid-April, Sam, just as we saw, the number of COVID-19 deaths has been declining which means we've achieved herd immunity thresholds here in the state. That's amazing. That's an amazing piece of data you'll never hear in the mainstream press. And another bombshell that Hanley gives us is this, quote, something else the press won't touch. COVID-19 is a coronavirus, and we have all been exposed to many coronaviruses during our lives on Earth, like the common cold. Scientists are now showing evidence that up to 81% of us can mount a strong response to COVID-19 without ever having been exposed to it before, end of quote. Well, this alone could explain the low hit number, Sam. Many of us have have always been immune to (laughs) COVID-19. I think that's probably the biggest bombshell in the whole article, Sam, that up to, what, 81% of us can already mount a strong response to COVID-19, Because why? Well, because the coronavirus is such a common virus that our immune systems have already recognized similar viruses in the past and therefore are ably equipped to recognize and ward such a coronavirus in the future. That's huge. That is huge.
1: It's also huge for the uh, CDC. uh, They've got data on this, what's called IFR. Let's talk about that real quick.
2: Yeah, the infection fatality rate, IFR, uh, infection fatality rate, which is the probability of dying from infection by the virus. And so Hanley talks about this IFR and, and the fact that you can compute the hit in a population if you know the IFR, the size of the population, and the number of deaths in that population. The math is really quite simple, and it corroborates the low hit in Sweden, the low hit in in New York City, right? He says the data on IFR has now been replicated so many times that our own CDC announced that their best estimate showed an IFR below 0.3 percent. In fact, the CDC pegged COVID-19's IFR at 0.26 percent and highlighted how the cascading declines in IFR has removed all the fears of doomsday. Did you hear that? It has, quote, removed all the fears of doomsday, end of quote. You won't hear that from the mainstream media. He writes this Certain states are having an uptick in three measurements number of tests administered, the number of positive, number of tests that come back positive, and hospitalizations. But all three of these measurements are dubious, as we know. And based on the death curve in the U.S., we're very close to being done. This is very good news. The only
5: way,
1: ladies and gentlemen, Through the COVID-19 disaster is by achieving the modest 10 to 20 percent herd immunity threshold required. I should say natural herd immunity threshold required to have the virus snuff itself out, folks. That's the bottom line. Okay, it's that simple. Kevin wants to chime in with a comment real quick. Hi, Kevin. Go ahead, Kevin. You're on the radio.
8: Good. Great to be on the radio here. Um, I just uh, want to bring up a topic that I find very disappointing. I'm a little upset that uh, an area authority of the LDS Church has been... uh, All right, so it's a great comment. Next
1: hour, we're going to talk about that with Scott Bradley.
8: Oh, okay. Yeah.
7: Um, So
1: so be ready for that. Basically, they're not only a a general authority or a leader of the church, but the uh, area presidency for the state of Utah, all three of them came out with a letter. We'll talk about that in its entirety, uh, next hour.
8: Well, this kind of goes to my point. Uh, Ammon Bundy said the church is being infiltrated by socialists. You think this guy is no exception?
1: I think completely different on it. You'll get my views coming up next hour. But the, the bottom line is there's a lot of ways to look at this. Do you Are you familiar with this letter, Lowell?
2: Yes, I am. Why
1: don't you make a quick comment? We'll let Kevin go, and we'll drill into it next hour.
2: Right. My comment is that the church is an organization that must, I must, um, you know, it, it got. To, it, it has a mission. Its objective is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ as far and as wide as possibly can, to introduce the gospel of Jesus Christ to all the inhabitants of the earth. That's its primary mission. It is. Its primary mission is not to, to involve itself in, 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 you know, local disputes of this or of that. But they, they want to protect themselves, and so they're just, I think, being extra cautious and 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 going along. Uh, because they are not looking for a fight on this uh, at all, because that is not their primary mission. That's my comment, Sam. And so, Amen. Uh, all right, we'll
1: we'll drill into it uh, more next hour. Um, I'm not avoiding the topic, but I want to I want to finish what Lowell's got here, and I don't want to be derailed from it. next hour. Believe it or not, I have that whole discussion slated with Sam Bushman, Kirk Crosby, and Scott Bradley. Um, we'll we'll break that down. All right, there's a doctor. Her name is Kelly Victory. She breaks this down too. Another, I don't know if you want to call it witness law.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think another expert if you will
1: with a with a, a professional opinion.
2: And and I really like she has a real succinct perspective on I, that is well aligned with my own. Sam, this is a 17-minute YouTube video that if you if you just go out and 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 uh, and Google uh, Kelly Victory. Yes, her last name is Victory. What a great last name. Anyway, Kelly Victory, K-E-L-L-Y, Victory, um, uh, just uh, COVID-19. Just just Google Kelly Victory COVID-19. You can get her YouTube video. But, Sam, I like her candor. I like her faith in the body's immune system, something that I'm very big on. Her warnings about wearing a mask, which are sobering warnings, by the way. Her admission that waiting for a vaccine may be futile, and that's something I didn't know before, but she talks about all, the vac- all of the uh, diseases for which no vaccine has yet been developed. And, Sam, I like her emphasis on substantive solutions, uh, such as, you know, sunshine and healthful foods that will, that will feed um, the, the immune system of the body. So just fantastic video, Sam. Uh, she is a trauma and emergency physician. Um, she talks about COVID-19, the fact that it's a coronavirus, very common, very common, uh, one of 26 major families of viruses, and almost 20% of our colds are caused by coronaviruses, which corroborates what J.B. Handley said in the earlier article, right, because most of us already are, like 81% of us are already prepared for there's this uh, novel coronavirus 19 in
1: other words our immune systems have the ability yep. to fight it off from previous illnesses we've have we've already developed uh the immunity in our body can mount a a strong immune response to this and we may not even test positive for the antibodies that doesn't even matter uh, anymore their 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 data is just uh, behind the scenes or behind the the curve on this um because there's so many different strains, they might not even be testing for the right reality. But nevertheless, the immune system is pretty dynamic and pretty capable of on the fly uh, ability to fight uh, or uh, to, to generate an immune response uh, that's valid and successful. And that's why 81% don't even get sick, and or the sickness is very mild.
2: Yeah, absolutely right. Coronaviruses, she says, are good at mutation. And the good news is that most mutations are generally weaker than the original
5: virus.
1: But she also says that's why we won't even ever probably be able to develop a vaccine that makes sense for it. Even the flu vaccines aren't very effective. Just imagine one for the coronavirus that mutates even faster. Quick pause in seconds. Lowell Nelson on your radio. The only thing that'll fight the coronavirus, ladies and gentlemen, is natural herd immunity. I don't even believe they'll be able to create a vaccine. They might create one that makes you believe that it's going to work, makes you believe, whatever, as long as they can take a big old batch of money before they admit either defeat and or that they're playing catch up like they do with the flu vaccine. Flu vaccine comes out every year to the tune of billions of dollars. Now the bottom line is, though, is it's only, what, 40 to 50 percent effective at best every year. And when it doesn't go well, it's like 20 percent. And then they're like, oh, golly, we missed the appropriate strains. We're so sorry. We'll get it right next year is the lie they tell. Uh, what about the side effects? What about the harm? What about the dollars? Nobody seems to put that together. Will we have a corona on the heels of the flu that has the same uh, reality or less effective even because the virus mutates faster? That's really the point she's making, Lol.
2: Yeah, in fact, when she names the viruses for which there is no vaccine, uh, this will may may surprise you, Sam. HIV, Ebola, norovirus, herpes, and, and that was just a few that she named. There are others, but it, 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 you know, I I I I'd either forgotten or had no idea that uh, you know I, I assumed the big pharma had a virus for all of I mean a vaccine for these various. Viruses by now, but they don't.
1: They can't. So they can't make one, buddy. That's the point.
2: Yeah, yeah. That that that. I'm 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 realizing that now. And yet, and, you know, they're and, and that's why it's futile to to be waiting around for the vaccine. That's why it's so stupid. I think for for Fauci to stand up there and say, well, we have to wait until we get a vaccine for this thing. We have to keep everything locked down until we get a vaccine for this uh, this coronavirus. Well, it's just it's it's stupid because you know waiting. It might never come, Sam. If it's like the HIV or the uh, Ebola, it will never come. There will never be. But but you're right. They're going to come up with some some vaccine and sell it uh, for big money, and it's going to do a lot of damage and not going to help anybody. So, you know, that's what they've got in mind for us, Sam. Wow, gotta- it's huge.
1: It's overwhelming. And here's the problem, though. You know what? The uh, the debate about this coronavirus is so massive. I believe primarily because of Fauci, in other words, leading physicians and the media propaganda. When you put the media together, which literally can manipulate opinion on the fly, and if they tell a lie and a manipulation long enough, everybody believes it via the mainstream press, that power is unprecedented. They're the gatekeepers of reality almost, it seems. Uh, not a fact, but of fiction-based reality, fake news, whatever you want to call it. You put that in bed, though, with a Dr. Fauci, who is supposedly the you know, renowned world expert. So you put the media and the, quote, world expert together. And it's a force to be reckoned with. The truth uh, is not available. Anybody who speaks the truth gets shut down, just absolutely shut down. And that's the tragedy is there's not really an open, honest, facts-based, scientific-based discussion. There's fear-mongering. There's manipulation of the facts. There's, uh, you know, peddling of, of dishonest reality. Okay, like Fauci. I mean, Fauci's going, yeah, I guess we got to open up, but remember, everybody's going to die. He doesn't say it like that, but almost. Because when we try to celebrate less death, he goes, that's a false narrative. Yeah, uh, being, taking comfort in less death, <laughs> he thinks is, is worthless. I don't know yeah, what because- the guy's thinking.
2: Well, it doesn't fit his, his, uh, his directive. I mean, he's on Bill Gates' payroll, and, uh, you know, he, he needs this
8: worldwide pandemic in order to justify... So
1: I want to play exactly what happened with Fauci. Here it is.
8: As coronavirus cases increase, the White House emphasizing a big decrease in the COVID-19 mortality rates in the U.S.
2: President Trump has tweeted that the U.S. has the lowest coronavirus mortality rate in the world. And Vice President Pence is also emphasizing the decreasing death rate.
8: Literally, we have seen
9: fatalities decline by 90 percent from some of the worst moments of this pandemic.
1: Now, we're saying that's wonderful news. It doesn't mean that we're out of the woods. It doesn't mean that we ignored it. It doesn't mean we'd be complacent, but we're grateful there's less death. Here's what the good, quote, lead doctor says.
2: However, during a Tuesday news conference, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert, cautioned that it's a false narrative to take comfort in a lower rate of death.
1: It's a false narrative to take comfort in less death? <laughs> Is this guy off his rocker, low? I mean, that's crazy town for a physician, the top physician in the country to say.
5: <laughs> Insane.
1: <laughs> but again, it, it highlights the point that we're making. Okay, we can never get good news with this guy around. They need to fire Fauci uh, yesterday. All right, any, anything else that the, this doctor, this good Dr. Kelly brings up?
2: Yeah, I just wanted to mention the, her comments about mask wearing, because that's another big lie out there saying everybody needs to wear a mask, right? Well, she, she gives us the straight scoop. She says, she says there is no justification for healthy people to wear masks. Notice she says healthy people, no justification for healthy people to wear masks. Prolonged mask wearing increases the risk of disease to the wearer. People tend to touch their faces more often when wearing a mask. We rebreathe particles our lungs have exhaled that are trapped in the mask. And many masks, are not surgical or medical masks, and many of them are not porous enough to allow the carbon dioxide to fully dissipate. You know, the carbon dioxide that your lungs have exhaled.
1: And if of they people, are porous enough, they don't do the, quote, job they're claiming it needs to do. So there's a, there's a no win on that.
2: Exactly, because the virus is so, 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 so small compared to the, the, uh, the porousness of the mask. So habitual wearing of masks decreases the body's natural immune response. We're supposed to come in contact with foreign things, bacteria and viruses and so forth, which helps to keep our immune system on alert, working at full capacity. If you limit your exposure, your immune system will take a vacation and therefore be less able to mount a defense to the next foreign invader so it's just really sobering but sound advice from dr kelly victory there 's almost a half a million views of her video. You better watch it now because I guarantee YouTube will censor it in the coming days, maybe weeks as being not a you know not part of the official narrative this dr Kelly they 'll call it
1: dr. Kelly victory, ladies and gentlemen now here 's the interesting thing about this in my opinion i don 't even have a problem with the people that believe wearing masks is serious that it 's necessary. I don't have a problem with their side of the debate and the discussion. My big problem and what makes me believe this is propaganda and conspiracy and an agenda is the other side of the debate, our side, when we've just quoted to you the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the IFR numbers, the fact that the CDC says doomsday is over, the fact that Dr. Victory, this well-known lady, okay, she's a trauma emergency physician, with a specialty in disaster preparedness. She's no slouch herself, okay? And then when you get this Brown professor, Dr. Andrew Boscom, and then you put this to the um, hospitals are not full, we need to get back to work, this latent doctor. And every single doctor that wants to tell our side of the story is flat out shut down. They're kicked off the social media systems. Their side's not brought up by the media at all. And that's what makes me not trust what we're hearing and believing. Because if they had an honest debate, an honest scientific reality-based discussion, why wouldn't we have all sides come to the table and let's lay out the scientific facts and let's go ahead and get to the bottom of this and then follow appropriate proposals? Which is this, the hospitals are not full. We need to get back to living, folks. Okay? We need to realize this. The only way through COVID-19... Is by achieving the modest 10 to 20% herd immunity threshold required and snuff the virus out. Then we need to have natural or naturally acquired herd immunity for most of us, for or against, I should say, COVID 19, combined with earnest protection of the vulnerable and the elderly. That's the only reasonable and practical solution. But see, they won't even go along with that discussion. If I say that, they say, you don't know you're not a doctor. If a doctor says it, they say, you're losing your board certification. You're going to get shut down. You're peddling propaganda. You're a terrorist. You're an enemy of the people. Why don't we have open, honest, transparent discussion and debate? Until we get it, I simply do not trust them and will not trust them. All right, before the end of the hour, switching gears entirely, which side committed treason in the Civil War? Thomas D. Lorenzo. At lewrockwell.com has a breakdown on this, a very short but insightful article, to say the least. Lowell.
2: Yes, going right to the heart of this is the definition of treason. The constitutional definition is found in Article 3, Section 3, and goes as follows. Quote, treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies. Giving them aid and comfort. End of quote. Now notice, Sam, that treason is not defined as levying war against it, meaning the the you know the the, the corporation of the United States, right? Or in adhering to its enemies. In other words. have done everything possible to cover this up and pull the wool over the public's eyes for generations, right? Everybody thinks that Lincoln was the great savior of the Union. In reality, he was the one who broke the law. He committed treason by waging war against South Carolina, which had just simply left the Union. South Carolina had not waged war against anybody else. They simply left the Union, which was their right to do as a sovereign, independent state. So Lincoln started this subterfuge by unilaterally redefining treason to mean any criticism of himself or his administration's policies. That's how he justified his illegal suspension of habeas corpus and the arrest by military forces and imprisoning without due process thousands of northern political dissenters, including mayors, a member of Congress, state legislators, and newspaper editors. So this is kind of like a blockbuster uh, announcement. Sam, by Thomas DiLorenzo, Lorenzo, who's done tremendous research into Abraham Lincoln. And um, you know, the reason I bring this up is because everybody's accusing President Trump of treason, right? Because you know the the um, U- Ukraine Gate. They co- they claim he was he committed treason by withholding funds from the Ukraine right that is not treason that is not de- defined in our constitution as treason i would
1: that submit is- to you though that shutting down the economies of all 50 states under a false premise a dishonest narrative is getting close to treason though it's an insurrection against these united states the several republics their whole economic well-being on the altar of these dishonest reporters mixed together with these dishonest physicians and you can't even hear from the other side of the discussion? That's bordering on treason as it's defined, sir.
2: Yeah, Mr. Tony Fauci, I think, comes closest to committing treason in our modern day, Sam. You're absolutely right.
1: All right. Thank you so much, my friend. Godspeed. Your uh, discussion points are always red hot. Delightful to discuss, my brother. Appreciate all that you do.
2: You're welcome, Sam, Kurt. Bye-bye.
1: There he goes, man. Campaign for Liberty, Lowell Nelson doing a phenomenal job on your radio as always. For Sam and Kurt and Lowell Nelson, we declare we the people along with the grace of the almighty we can and will save America. Will you help us? LovingLiberty.net. God save the republic.
0: live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. show.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby, live on your radio. This is the broadcast for July the 13th of the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Kirk Crosby, with me. Welcome, sir.
3: All right, Scott Bradley. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam.
1: All right, welcome, Kurt. He's finally with it, man. He must be sleeping. I woke him up and he jumped on the radio. I just had that mute button pushed on there. Sorry. When we start out the program, you got to unmute that dude, you know. All right, Scott Bradley, with us. Unmute yourself, sir.
8: Well, I I hope I am. Uh, am I coming through uh, five by as we used to say
1: Five by five, videos. brother.
8: Nope. Radios in the military.
1: You're ready to go, man.
8: Uh, well, I'm going to try.
1: All right. There's a lot to talk about today. First off, Donald Trump wears masks for the first time uh, during the pandemic. He says, "I don't have a problem with masks in doctors' offices when he went to visit the sick and everything else." He said, "It's appropriate to wear masks." And I think President Trump has held the line on not mandating masks, although most states, most cities have some guidelines and they're ever increasing the forced mask wearing in America. Is this uh, President Trump wearing a mask for the first time, the president caving? Or is he just wisely saying when and where it's appropriate and not appropriate to uh, expect to wear masks? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what will happen on this. Until he fires Fauci, I'm a little bit concerned that Donald's going to eventually cave. Time will tell. I pray he stands strong. But here's the deal. All right. There's a debate here. Some believe we are in the midst of a global pandemic unlike any the world has experienced in more than a century. That's a very bold statement. And there's the people that believe that's absolutely 100% true. And therefore, all measures are necessary and required. Doesn't matter about the Constitution. The checks and balances don't matter. Where do you get your authority doesn't matter. None of those things matter because, hey, let, let me say this again. All right, let me say this one more time. We are in the midst of a global pandemic unlike any. The world has experienced it more than a century. And last time it happened, so many people died. The ends justify the means. Okay, there are people that believe that. Then there are people that say things like this. You know what? The hospitals are not full. We need to get back to living. What will keep us safe from COVID-19? Our immune systems. Okay, it's a, the coronavirus is a novel virus, which means, you know what? There's been those viruses in our society forever. 81-plus percent of the people they claim can mount an immune response to this and not have a problem at all. Some are mildly sick. Some don't even know they're sick. Nevertheless, whether it's the first wave or the second wave, you know what? We cannot shut down society. We need herd immunity without vaccination and natural immunity. And the only way through COVID-19 is by achieving the modest 10 20% required for the natural herd immunity, immunity, I'm sorry, and the virus will snuff itself out, okay? Naturally acquired herd immunity to the COVID-19 combined with earnest protection of the vulnerable and the elderly is the only reasonable and practical solution to this, folks, and it's not a meltdown, okay? The data on IFR has now been replicated so many times that even the CDC says that the death rate is below 0.0, or 0.003%. All right? And they say the cascading declines in the IFR has now taken away all doomsday. That's according to the CDC. But you know what, folks? The bottom line is the feelings on it are so strong either way. And when President Trump has Fauci, the top doctor, who's been an alarmist for 40-plus years, And the debate rages on, but that doctor in bed with the mainstream press narrative, we don't stand a chance to get our side of the discussion out, which is, hey, some people die, but it's usually the elderly with underlying uh, health conditions. And you know what? Most of the time people can uh, mount an immune response to this and it's not really a huge problem. Should we be cautious? Yes. Should we start to use unconstitutional uh, efforts and agendas? Should we take authority into ourselves as government bureaucrats that we don't rightfully have? Should we mandate and force and no, 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 and no, and no, and no. But the yes guys and the no guys are at such opposites in the republic that it's hard to get a handle on this. Now, a lot of people are saying we need the Black Robe Regiment to stand up and tell the truth on these things. Well, they're missing in our society today. Many are saying the churches are caving. Really, you can go out and riot and destroy the world, but no problem. If you want to go to church, you better not. You might kill everybody. You can yell and scream at a riot, no problem. But if you sing hymns to your God in church, shut you down. That's at the center of this discussion. And so the debate for folks is what do you do when your church leaders say, hey, <laughs> we're going to go along with this virus stuff. We're going to tell you that it's a pandemic, that it's a meltdown. And we're going to ask you to do things. Do you obey your church leaders? Some are calling church leaders socialist whether it be members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or whether it be the Catholics or the Protestants or the Baptists, whatever church you belong to, there's only a few church leaders that are standing up and saying, wait a minute, we're not going along with this. We still want to have our church services. We want to, but most are caving. Why? Some are saying they're socialist. Is that true? Others are saying, well, what? So from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the area presidency just released for Utah the following, dear brothers and sisters, we are in the midst of a global pandemic, unlike any of the world has experienced in more than a century. See, I don't know that I even believe that point. I don't believe that point. Okay? The effects of this escalating health crisis are being felt everywhere. I don't think so. Government reaction is being felt everywhere. But the health problems aren't being felt everywhere. Most people are healthy. Out of a 330 million American population, there's only about 3.4 million that even have the virus. And most of them aren't even sick. 135,000 people have died. That's tragic, but that's a tiny fraction. They say with incidents of COVID-19 infections rising dramatically, especially in the United States, including Utah, Latter-day Saints are not immune. Yeah, the cases are rising, but the death tolls going down. Just today, they say more than 800 new infections were reported in our state. Well, I question the test and how many of those infections are reality and how many of those people are even sick and how many of them are mildly sick, not even close to going to the hospital, but they're not going to discuss those things. Their side of the narrative is the only side. A growing chorus of medical authorities have confirmed that the simple wearing of a face covering in public when social distancing is not possible will significantly reduce the spread of COVID-19. And that's debatable. The debate is if COVID-19 is even airborne. Many scientists say that it's not airborne and you can't even prove the flu is airborne to date with scientific data. But I digress. They say this is true both indoors and outdoors. We note with appreciation the care exhibited by our members coming back to church wearing face masks. Now we ask all Latter-day Saints in the Utah area to be good citizens by wearing face coverings when in public. Doing so will help promote the health and general welfare of all. We are most grateful for all that you do to administer to one another, and to your neighbors. Please join with us now in common purpose for the blessing and benefit of all. Sincerely yours, Elder Craig C. Christensen, Randy D. Funk, Walter F. Gonzalez, Utah area presidency. So it's a big press release from leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And you say, Sam, most of your audience isn't Mormon. Why would you cover this? Well, because this is my personal church and my situation, but almost everybody else has a religious organization in the same boat. Are they going to crack down and, well, are they going to go along with this idea that you've got a massive pandemic unlike the world's ever seen in the last hundred plus years? Or do you got this narrative that says, yeah, we got an illness out there and it's bad. we got to protect the elderly and the most vulnerable for sure. It's nothing to mess with, but we got to get back to life. We got to realize that herd immunity is the only way, and uh, you know which, which way do you take on this? And everybody has their own churches to deal with on this discussion. With that, I know it was a very long introduction, but I wanted to make the point that the discussion is not just a Mormon discussion; it's a discussion for people across the world. And why? Because how many people are going to leave their churches saying they've all gone socialist? We're out. Well, it's a it's a fair and open, honest question. What do you do? How should you behave? How do you deal with this thing? Do you ignore it and thumb your nose at it? Do you eventually be forced to cave and capitulate via government mandate? Do you turn into a hermit? What do you do? Is the broad question really for every one of us. With that, let's have Dr. Scott Bradley go first. Uh, Let's talk about this. What do you do? You can answer it from a Mormon point of view or a religious point of view in your own church. Or you can answer it broadly or both would be best, sir.
8: You know, uh, you've raised so many issues, and uh, to try and address every single one of them would probably take us several hours, but to uh, tell you the truth, um, you know, we started this broadcast with, uh, you know, the five-by comment about, well, it sounds like we got to take a break already.
1: <laughs> All right. Hopefully. Five-by-five. Five, everybody's here, ladies and gentlemen, so we're going to have Dr. Scott Bradley respond. What are you doing in this two-pronged issue? Some say, hey, it's, you gotta be careful, but it's not the end of the world. Others say the world's melting down. What do you do? Where do you stand? How do you handle it? Dr. Scott Bradley and then Kirk Cosby in seconds on the one and only Liberty Roundtable live five by five.
0: TalkRight, the conservative app offered by TalkStream Live that caters exclusively to the conservative talk radio community. Here you'll see only talk shows and podcasts from the conservative right, all the big broadcast names and online digital shows in one place. TalkRight makes it easy to find all your favorite conservative talkers with all the upscale features you come to expect from TalkStream Live. Keep up with the fast-paced political world. Download TalkRight today from Google Play or the App Store.
11: Do we reflect about our future and where we as a culture are moving? Do we keep our trust in our jobs, homes, money, life necessities, investments, stock markets? Do we believe that our 401ks or other retirements will always be there and that the current economic order will recover? Is the economy going to recover and life return to normal? It ain't gonna happen, by a friend of Medjugorje, whether you are poor, middle class or rich, it Ain't Gonna Happen, a book of astounding revelations about the present economic order and where we are heading. It Ain't Gonna Happen by a friend of Medjugorje. To order, visit medj.com, spelled N-E-J.com, or call Caritas in the U.S. 205-672-2000. 205-672-2000.
1: Dr. Bradley, you're five by 5 buddy. Let her rip. What do you say?
8: <laughs> well, we started the broadcast with that uh, reference to our, you know, checking out radios in the military. And, you know, when you heard well and everything like that, we called it 5 by 5 But at any rate, uh, I'll, go, I'll refer back as delicately as I possibly can to the um, phonetic call sign alphabet that was also used. And uh, so using it as delicately as possible. I would say the establishment view is Bravo Sierra. And uh, if you know that Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, Foxtrot, and so on, uh, you know the alphabet. So you can kind of figure out the um, the level of, uh, let's say, I should put trust that I put in the establishment view. They don't just have a narrative. They have a script. I think Fauci and his crowd are writing the script. I think that the... Uh, the uh, Major media players have not just adopted the script, they are absolutely conforming to it. I think that uh, the, uh, your statements about some church leaders being socialists is probably true, but uh, there's also uh, those in different churches, a broad spectrum of political leanings and so on and so forth, and we need to judge everything by principles. And, and the principles that are at stake are far more important than the Bravo Sierra that we're being fed constantly to feel, feed fear and uh, doubt and despair and hopelessness. And and society is being polarized. We're being pulled apart. Uh, we're destroying everything Americanist with this. And the idea that this is the biggest, baddest uh, Nazi Germany that's come along in ever in history is complete. Bravo Sierra. And in fact, uh, this year, we'll probably have, oh, 100, well, let's see, 1.75 million people die of tuberculosis. We'll probably have something and several million die of malaria. I don't know the numbers exactly. But the fact of the matter is, in total worldwide, we've lost about a half a million people to this Bravo Sierra. And I think that uh, there's a uh, there's an agenda. And it is absolutely being played to the nth degree. I think that when we have lost God-given rights, the whole purpose, you think about the purpose of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as stated by themselves. They have a threefold mission, to proclaim the gospel, redeem the dead, and perfect the saints. We could talk at length about each one of those, but they're very brief, succinct statements about what the purpose is. And this Bravo Sierra, that is a Fauci facade, that has been brought forth and now is being facilitated by senior people is actually shut down it has put the entire mission of the church and, and the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints would profess to be the church of Christ on earth in the latter days and that its mission is to bring souls to Christ and and all of those and it's all brought about by the methodology that I mentioned and and there has been a complete shutdown put on ice, and everything that would have to do with the progress of bringing souls to Christ has basically been stopped. Now, it's interesting to me that we have the uh, establishment insiders in the state of Utah, which I, I believe really, truly, that what's happening in Utah is that they're, they're doing a, uh, a test case, perhaps. If, if it plays in Utah, it'll play anywhere. And, and so what's happening is we have the establishment church, we have the establishment large corporate entities like the University of Utah Hospital people, the Intermountain Healthcare Hospital people, that are singing the old and Awful Blues, that all the despair and discouragement and everything like that. I have personally driven around to hospitals and find their parking lots virtually empty in the state of Utah. And and then we have on the other hand in Texas uh, Ron Paul is Ron Paul Institute. You can go back and look at some of his remarks about this. Ron Paul is a physician. Ron Paul is not exactly a dummy when it comes to things regarding medicine. And and they've got the the largest hospital consortium out of Houston is saying wait 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 oh, no, we're nowhere near capacity. It's it's not a it's not a panic mode. We. That there's information being fostered that is putting fear and doubt in people's minds, and and you know what? You, you, I mean, I'm like I say, I'm all over the place on this because you have brought so many issues up. But let me just point out: if you believe the Holy Scriptures, the Savior Himself has commanded us not to fear. Okay, He told us not to commit adultery. He told us not to violate the, uh, you know, the idea of theft. He told us not to you know, violate the Sabbath day, all those kinds of things. They're commandments. People say, oh, yeah, yeah, I I'm a, I believe the commandments. And then he says, don't fear. And we say, oh, my goodness, oh, it's all awful. We're all going to fear. We're all going to die. You know what? At Fifty years ago, I was in the middle of a kind of an explosive fire uh, as a young fellow, and the military doctor that treated me afterwards, um, after looking at my medical you know the x-rays and everything like that on my lungs i'd sucked a lot of bad stuff into my lungs and and uh, he said my lungs were toast and he says you're going to die and i my response to him was that's the program we're all on we're all going to die and god has a plan for all of us and he says well yeah but you're going to die within 6 months your lungs are toast and you're you're gone you know, my response was, I want a second opinion. I've always said, verify, distrust until verified. And and I'm still here. I mean, alive and kicking. And by the way, this idea of wearing face masks is an imposition on my health because of that very issue. The oxygen exchange is very critical to me. And and where, where everybody says, oh, you got to wear a mask, be a good citizen. Citizen was what the, the people in the French Revolution called each other. It was a, a, basically a, a democracy thing, where everybody had that common denominator. The Bolsheviks started using uh, comrade. But in every sense, this is used as a collective. This whole thing, this global citizen thing, and uh, being good citizens, it's a collective terminology. We are building a collectivist view among the people. And, and I just am appalled and shocked as we drive a wedged people. You know, you got the mask wearers and the non-mask wearers. I spoke on the 4th of July at an event, and the only mask wearers were those from the media that had been probably mandated by their uh, uh, network people. Everybody else, and when I brought it up, you should have heard the cheer out of the crowd. It was appalling to think that we're being directed along a path that for some of us is harmful. And by the way, I just, uh, when your call came in, I just got a text uh, almost instantly that says there's scientific evidence that wearing masks is harmful, and that takes us maybe into the thing and how they're going to open the schools. What another Farsi facade. There will be no learning that happens in schools that undertake to do education under the defined process and the policies that they've put forth. The children and teachers will be wearing masks in the classroom. They'll be in little clusters that are separated from each other. The, they're checking a box that says, oh, yeah, we're back in school. You know, the, uh, Trump has said we're not going to give federal funding, unconstitutional federal funding, I might add, to schools that don't open. What a facade there. So they're opening the schools, and there's no way to learn. And I've thought about it, and I thought, You know, learning in the public education system has ended so long ago.
1: But let me stop you there, Scott, Dr. Bradley, because I'm convinced they are learning. They're just learning learning about power and socialism and tyranny and control and manipulation and panic and fear and uh, all things that deny God. That's what they're learning. Learning is not stopping at all.
8: With that spin, I'll agree with you. But when it comes to real... Education for purposeful things. We stopped learning so long ago in the public education system that 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 wasn't even on the table. I mean, I have read every word of the Utah policy put out by the State Board of Education to be followed by the state of Utah. I don't know what the rest of the states are doing, but I I read through it. I mean, and one of the, the central tying themes throughout everything is contact tracing. And if you take that to the nth degree, you see that this is going to be an instrument for splitting families up, for bringing the the kids into a uh, a collective, if you will. And, and by the way, I just I just happen to have on my desk here a book that I've been I've been recommending since 1963. I'll recommend it to your your audience. It's James Clavell is the guy that wrote it. It's called The Children's Story, but not just for children. It takes 20 minutes to read out loud. I've read it out loud. Countless times to students that I've taught. And basically, it's a story about America's being captured by a foreign power. And they, it ha- happens in a second grade classroom. And in the second grade classroom, we have a teacher come in that is one of the conquerors. And she is a beautiful, sweet. Anyway, now we're at another break, you guys. But this is happening in America today. We're re educating our children in the collective.
1: Clavel James. Is James's first name?
8: Uh, James Clavel. James Clavel. It takes 20 minutes to read out loud. If you had 20 minutes, I'd read it on the show. I think it's that important. I think people need to understand where the education system is going without being conquered.
1: Liberty Roundtable Live.
0: Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA
11: Radio
6: News with Chris Barnes. There are now 18 injuries being reported following a fire and explosion on the naval ship USS Bonhomme Richard in San Diego. The injury said to be non-life-threatening. The Pentagon says about 160 sailors were on board when that fire was reported yesterday morning. The ship was undergoing maintenance at the time. Multiple reports say Washington, D.C.'s NFL franchise will be announcing today that it's retiring its Redskins nickname, which some say is racist. A new name is not expected to be announced right away, as copyrights are pending. Actress Kelly Preston, the wife of actor John Travolta, has died from breast cancer at 57 she was diagnosed with it two years ago. She started movies, including Jerry Maguire and What a Girl Wants. And this is USA Radio News.
7: Balance of nature, changing the world one life at a time.
8: I haven't got a cold in two and a half years. My wife can't already get my track record because she's seen me not get sick. My daughter got sick over Christmas. My wife got it about three days after she left. I went through both of them, didn't get sick. I tell people I like to think my immune system is armored up and I'm able to repel these simple, stupid colds. And If it isn't that, then what is Because I'd get at least a couple colds a year. And what has changed in the last two and a half years? The only thing I can think of is I'm taking uh, my fruits and vegetables, you know,
9: the balance of nature.
7: Experience the balance of nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling one 800 or by going to balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA.
6: Chicago is coming off another weekend filled with gun violence. As of last night, the Sun-Times was reporting 56 people had been shot across the city, and 10 of those victims had died. The White House says President Trump will continue to pressure governors nationwide to reopen K-12 through schools this fall. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi taking issue with it, saying... If there are CDC
7: guidelines, they should be requirements.
6: New York City is reporting zero COVID-19 deaths for the first time since the pandemic hit. Once the nation's epicenter of the virus, the city ended a four-month stretch when it had a death every day. More than 18,000 people, though, did die there since its first tally. Kroger store cashiers no longer giving coin change back to customers. The move coming after the Federal Reserve announced a U.S. coin shortage due to the pandemic. And you're listening to USA Radio News.
9: I want to dedicate this song
6: to Mr. Rupert
1: Murdoch. All right, let's go straight to Kirk Cosby. What's your take on this, sir? The two groups, one says we got to absolutely set aside all common sense, all moral law. We just got to lock down because, by golly, it's going to kill everybody if we don't. The other side says... Hey, don't worry about it. we got to take general precautions, but we got to get back to life. And there's really almost no middle ground between the two views because the lockdown folks are going to mandate their view on the rest of us. Our side's not even being heard. So the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, area presidency, all three of them signed a letter saying, Hey, we need you to wear masks, folks. We're asking you to do this whenever you're in public. Kurt, your response
3: very good sam um let's see first uh I, I will um you know have a mask with me when i'm in public um and then i will do the best i can to um i guess you could say uh uh comply and and hope that the um information that they um have received will be uh added to with uh better uh more up to date and more useful information uh in the meantime um as like Abraham of old or whatever when he was going through the uh rough country and he told uh some people that his wife was his sister um you know I'll do the best I can under the circumstances um I uh personally um feel like this is a little bit like uh Oh, in the days of old, when they were, when uh, I was told that hey, uh, by the experts that uh, homeschooling wouldn't work. Uh, after I learned about homeschooling, I thought, I don't think these experts know anything about that. Um, and and the thing is, is that people are based on the information they've been given. Uh, if you just hang around um, Fauci all the time, uh, or some other pro mask wear or pro vaccine guy you're gonna probably think that way um and it's a sad kind of thing to say that uh unless you're willing to open up to look at all solutions then you're gonna stay that way um i hope uh i'm in the current process of trying to get better information to these people, as as many good people as I can, uh, to participate in the solution, uh, as you are, Sam, and, and many of us. Um, and uh, so I guess, does that answer your question?
8: You know, Sam, Just let me just kind of uh, supplement maybe what uh, you guys have been talking about. Um, as, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints... We, we believe that an eternal principle is called agency. And that's, it's a, it has been from eternity to all eternity. It's our freedom of choice. It is the very basis of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the very basis of this nation. And all people that seek to overthrow that are working on the other side of the program, which the church also believes is satanic. But along with that program is the, the philosophy within the church that is taught and has been taught, and not so much lately, but it has been in the past decades and even centuries, that everyone has a responsibility to obtain their own spiritual confirmation about anything, whether it's the, the truthfulness of the church or, or the Book of Mormon or of any doctrine that is promoted and, and uh, carried forth. And, and I have plenty of statements. By former leaders of the of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, that say that if in fact an individual does not obtain that, they are remiss in their responsibility. And so, I mean, you know, you think about in other churches, people say, "Oh, well, we don't believe in Revelation," but the whisperings of the Spirit, almost all people do. And I've talked to plenty of pastors that I say, "How did you get into this business of being a pastor?" Well, the Spirit directed me into it. Well, how do you know that? God didn't appear to you? No, He didn't. But my heart was softened by the Spirit, and I was turned to this work, and, and I've entered into serving Christ because the Spirit directed me there. So, for those that would deny ongoing modern revelation, they also would probably, within their religious belief system, have a belief in the whisperings of the Spirit and the direction and counsel. And I believe that that is an eternal principle. All people can be led and guided by the power of the Spirit. I believe all of us have a responsibility to seek that guidance in all that we do. And if the Spirit speaks otherwise, we have a... Res- if you look in, well, what is it, First Kings chapter 13, where we've got a prophet telling another prophet what to do in contravention of what the one has been instructed to do by the Lord. Go look it up, First Kings chapter 13, I believe it is. And the guy that obeys the one prophet... Uh, in opposition to the Lord, ends up uh, a lion takes him out, okay? So we have individual responsibility in this thing, and the idea that we're going to destroy not only our agency, we're going to destroy the foundation of the nation, we're going to destroy all the God-given rights that have been granted to us of such gracefulness from our God, we're going to destroy the concept of liberty, economic, our privilege of worshiping God, everything out of this fear-based mongering that the establishment has put forth, and, and it is purposely, it is done with an agenda. I'm absolutely convinced of that. And and we, as a people, we're having a wedge driven between us. So we're We're social animals. We need to talk with people. We shake hands, we talk, we interact, we give a hug all that kind of stuff and and you say oh my goodness it's too dangerous now problems have been with us forever and i'm saying take be smart if you if you're compromised if if something's you know you feel like you're at risk don't do it but don't force all the rest of us into capitulation before the to worship before the god of stone and steel that we've created out of science, and, and there's no science in this, by the way, and physicians, and the physicians, there's there's certainly physicians on both sides of this thing, but we're only listed...
1: Yeah, but the uh, physicians that are on the side that you and I might take aren't willing, uh, aren't allowed to be heard.
8: That's right. They're being... And scared.
1: that's what makes me believe this is propaganda. They're also basically pivoting to saying the coronavirus and global warming are the same discussion. Believe it or not, now experts are saying you got to turn off your air conditioner, Scott. Experts want you to turn off your air conditioner to stop the COVID. Air conditioning units that circulate the same air in a room should be turned off or only used with open windows. Imagine turning on your air conditioning with an open window or an open door. Experts have urged amid mounting concerns that it'll just spread the corona, buddy.
8: Well, like I said, in tuberculosis alone, the total of uh, one and a half, one and three quarter million people die every year from that, uh, t- tuberculosis, okay? We are dealing constantly with risk. If you lowered the speed limit on the highway to five miles an hour, we would definitely lower our auto deaths. If you, if you quit riding horses, you wouldn't have people get hurt with horses, We are just a bunch of scared rabbits anymore, and what we've done is we've we've figured out, I mean, I think this is, again, part of what we call our education system, but no education happens in it. We wrap ourselves in a safety, uh, a security blanket, put a safety net underneath us, and we think that we're all in this. You know, think about the people that came across the oceans in little wooden boats. Most of us wouldn't go hardly across a pond in that came to this land for liberty, to worship God, to partake of all the things, to be what they wanted to be. Think of those that came across the plains in rickety wagons or pulled hand carts. And some died along the way, but they were building a life for themselves for the future. And America today is being shut down over Bravo Sierra. And I think the Fauci facade has become the narrative, and, and I've given major media interviews and and made presentations and everything, but literally everything is put to ground, as we used to say. Again, we're using some old electronic terms. The signal doesn't get out. It gets put to ground. It, it, it's, you know, basically there's nothing left.
1: So All I'd right, like so Dr. Scott Bradley, are you going to wear, since you've been asked by your church leaders, are you going to wear a mask?
8: No. And and here's here's the deal. I will go back to church when they lose the masks and the gloves. Think about it for a second. Christ embracing the leprosy. Think about his willingness to lay his hands upon the unclean and to bring healing to them. If if you're not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which has like the 42nd section of the Doctrine and Covenants, which is modern revelation, that talks about how to deal with sickness, there isn't even a physician in the formula. It has to do with priesthood power and faith. But if, you're, if you don't believe that, go to James uh, in the Bible, you know, the brother of the Lord is what he's known as. In chapter 5, he gives you the same formula. At no time, other than when they're mocking the Christ, do physicians get brought into the formula, physician heal thyself. And it's like, well, uh, okay, let's use the price words. You know, uh, the healthier are not in need of a physician, Okay. And so if there's people that are sick, let's get them better. But we don't all have to be crouching and ducking and uh, bunkered up. It's just foolishness, in my opinion.
1: Quick pause. My comments in seconds, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to make quick comments on this and dovetail to what I believe the solution to be. Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live.
9: when countries ruin their currency.
5: Hey, listen up. This is a deep state alert. Former Texas Congressman Steve Stockman, who moved to arrest Lois Lerner for contempt of Congress, has been imprisoned by the very office that Lerner led. You heard right. Stockman hit the Obama administration hard, and they hit back with the full force of the federal government. The guy who said he wanted Mark Levin as Speaker of the House was the first to threaten Obama's impeachment, exposed Hillary's selling steel to the Iranians, and blocked both Obama's immigration and gun bills from even reaching the House. But Obama holdovers came after him in federal court with Trumped up charges and have locked our guy up. Like many others, he was on Obama's hit list. Steve fought for us in Congress. Now we need to fight for him. Don't abandon this wounded hero on the battlefield. Let's help cover his massive legal costs. To chip in five bucks or more, text the word FIGHT to 444-999. That's FIGHT, F-I-G-H-T, to 444 Or go to DefendAPatriot.com. That's DefendAPatriot.com. <laughs>
1: All right, so my comments on this are as follows. I agree with Dr. Scott Bradley's view on agency that, you know what? We've got our agency, folks, and it should not be taken away. I also agree with the idea that, you know what? The other side of this story isn't being told. The folks that believe we can get over this and get through it. However, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints leadership has made a statement. The prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is a physician and has not made a direct statement about wearing masks or not. However, the area presidency has made the statement. The church has it all over their websites and news, and no one's contradicting their statements and or, you know, I don't know if it was reviewed before it was put out. So I'm accepting that it's publicly the church policy right now. I agree with agency. I also agree, though, with a principle called obedience. Obedience is the first law of heaven, folks. And right or wrong, if you obey your church leaders... Oftentimes, blessings will come. And when do you use your agency to say, I'm not going to obey versus when do you use your agency to say, I will obey? And I think that's a matter of personal reality and revelation. You know what? Uh, if my um, bishop or my church leader, my pastor says, practice birth control, I'm going to choose not to. And I'm going to invite children into the world. Okay, that's just what I'm going to do. Uh, if my Okay, so it's a matter of personal preference and prayer. And one of the principles that Dr. Bradley talked about was this, you need to use your agency and you need to pray and get a confirmation from God about the course of action you take with your agency. I agree with that as well. And so that's what members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints should do. They should take any policy, whether it comes from the church or anywhere, and they should pray about it and get guidance from God on whether they believe it's a true principle and get a confirmation and then how they should behave. Now, I personally, like Dr. Bradley, have some serious health concerns to where wearing a mask for me is very uh, problematic, to say the least. And um, this letter doesn't discuss the exceptions. Now, I, for one, am not going to use my agency to criticize church leaders, regardless of where they stand on an issue. Again, they're uh, experiencing the propaganda, the, the one side told story as well. And so many of them may be confused or deceived or not sure. But in their defense, when they're trying to take care of a large population of people, they want to err on the side of caution. And those are the words that the prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, Russell M. Nelson, has used. You know what? We want to approach this with an abundance of caution. So with all that in mind, I agree with Dr. Bradley that this is a propaganda. They have an agenda. And it's a dishonest agenda. And we're hearing from the Fauci's of the world, which is lockdown, down, control everybody. We're hearing from the governors of the world that want to lock everybody down. Uh, and we're hearing from people who are duped by the media and by these, quote, so-called experts. And I agree with Kirk Crosby when he talks about these experts. Hey. You know, used to say, don't you dare homeschool or don't do this or don't do that, only to change their mind. In fact, the experts were the ones saying, you don't need to wear masks. You don't need to wear masks. You don't need to wear masks. Oh, my goodness. You got to wear a mask. And science proves it. Well, they've lost their credibility on that altar alone. Nevertheless, with all that in mind, I'm not going to criticize church leaders and say they're socialist. Many of them may be evil will infiltrate every organization to some degree. It's impossible to prevent it. Uh, But we can get guidance from heaven and we can get on our knees and find out how and what we should do and when and where ourselves. And that is a key principle, this principle of agency, and then to wisely use your agency to understand that obedience is the first law of heaven. With obedience comes blessings. All right, so what I want to talk about is I'm personally going to take a mask with me, as, as Kirk Cosby is going to do. I'm going to wear it when absolutely necessary, like President Trump does, when I go to a hospital or someplace that justifies it. I'm going to do my very best to... Uh, yeah, wear it when it's warranted and not wear it when it's not warranted. And I'm going to use the guidance from God and continuing revelation to know how, where, when to do what. I'm also going to reduce my visibility in public big time. You know what? Where I might go to 100 events or 100 places, I'm going to go to five now. I'm going to only go to places that are necessary until we get greater guidance. In the meantime, I'm going to strike a balance between my own health, which I know With the lung issues that I've got and everything else, it's not good for me to wear a mask. Okay, it's not healthy. It's not safe. Even the folks that perpetuate mask wearing admit that, hey, for certain people with health issues, it's not good. Uh, So I'm going to wear my mask as sparingly as possible, but I'm going to use this law of obedience and obey, and I uh, am praying for the blessings that will come from that and with more guidance. That's what I'm going to do for my agency. Now, I want to switch the topic.
8: Hey, Sam, just before we leave this, can we go back for a second and and use a couple examples again out of the Scriptures? Sure. Uh, Let's look in John chapter 6, verses 70 and 71, for those of you that are following along in your Scriptures. You know, sometimes individuals get called to assignments for a purpose, and that purpose would appear to be uh, mm, something that is a head-scratcher, maybe, to some people, but... The Savior himself called Judas Iscariot, and he said, "And well, this is what it says in verse 70, Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for for he it is that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Okay, now so people are on different assignments for different reasons. We may find that some individuals are there in order to help us stretch ourselves, to be able to see if we are willing to follow God and Christ. It's, it's, that's who we, sh- we need to obey, is God and Christ. And when Peter and John were brought before the authorities, and they were forbidden to preach Christ, and they said, well, is it better for us to obey you or God? And so it comes to each of us to understand God's will in our lives and to live accordingly. And just like that guy in First in Kings chapter 13, he, he disobeyed God to his own destruction when he should have been hearing and heeding according to the Spirit. And so I think that, that we need to be wise in what we do. Obedience is absolutely essential, but it's obedience to God. And I see that when any blessing is received, it's by obedience to the principles that the blessing is associated with. And and you can say, well, I'm I'm living the lesser lot, like the people uh, with Moses, when when he was going to introduce them to God Himself in the in the desert, and they said, oh no, no no no, that's too scary. We want you to be our interface. God said, okay, we'll we'll let you deal with a lesser individual, a Moses, a man. Although Moses was great, I'm not detracting from him, but the people passed the greater blessing. And I think what is. Resp- our responsibility as individuals our responsibility individually personally is to take the matter to God and seek an answer and and i think that, that we'll all grow from that to listen to the whisperings of the spirit and come unto christ and and honestly i i think that's the benefit that all might find from this if if men are leading us incorrectly whether it's a president or a governor or a senator or a congressman or a mayor or even a local church leader that's a mortal man as you point out if your bishop says disobey god's commandment in this matter you ain't going to do that you've already come to that conclusion
1: and we need well, to come believe- to the knowledge of the truth on that but i'll tell you what i believe will give you the greatest guidance to know what god's desire for you is regardless of any instruction you get anywhere whether you're a member of the church of jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or a non-member this issue is critical you can have your own relationship with god if you get on your knees and pray and I'm submitting to you that prayer is your personal passport to spirituality. If you pray, you will get guidance and you will know what you personally need to do. My case is I've got a health problems, so I'm going to limit my reason to wear a mask by not going places. I'm going to then wear a mask when I feel it, deem it appropriate, as President Trump has done. At the same time, I'm going to protect my health the best I can and strike a balance of being as obedient as I can be with the circumstances that I have All right. But here's what I believe the real answer is besides prayer. The second one is this Sabbath observance, keeping the Sabbath day holy during the COVID-19 will prepare people for other challenges. It's the importance of making the Sabbath a delight that I want to focus on. The commandment to observe the Sabbath day is a reminder of the need for our spiritual nourishment and the duty to remember the Savior. This is so fundamental for us personally and for every individual family, and that is not a Mormon thing. That is a Christian thing, folks. And don't think of a list and do's and don'ts on Sunday. Rather, we need to make sure that our Sundays are filled with great activities that do not take away from the Spirit. So I don't want to get into a do's and don't list, but what I want to do is focus on this idea that, hey, I can get on my knees and pray to God and get guidance. And the best way for me to get that guidance is to keep the Sabbath day holy. Other commandments are important too, but I'm convinced there's a tie between Sabbath day keeping and prayer on your knees to get in the guidance from God that you need that balances your need to be obedient with your agency to choose as God directs you to do through revelation. And that's available to any person who follows Christ to the best Of their ability. This is not a Mormon discussion. It is a broader discussion, and that's how I would approach it, Dr. Bradley.
8: You know, uh, uh, there's an aphorism I've lived in my own life, uh, and it's an eight-word aphorism, uh, and it's get close to the Lord and stay there. And if we can do that, I think we'll be okay. But let me just also say, Mm -hmm. in regards to your Sabbath-keeping, two things. One is, it was a critically important thing if you read what's on the Liberty Bell from the 25th chapter of, of Leviticus about the Sabbath, if you read in Second Chronicles, the end of Second Chronicles, you'll find that the, the Jews were taken into 70 years of captivity by Babylon because they had failed to live the Sabbath day. This is something that is, is absolutely woven throughout everything that we have to do with our belief in God. And you're absolutely correct. This idea of a Sabbath being a holiday instead of a holy day I think, has been much at the detriment of of this nation. And I wonder, I just have to wonder, if the Jews were taken into captivity for 70 years so the land could have its Sabbaths, I wonder where America's going on this. I know there's many, many... I've traveled this land, boots on the ground, from Florida to Alaska, New York to the Golden Gate Bridge, and and I've found Americans just to be magnificent in so many ways. But if, if the general tenor has become a humanist religion that is godless... And we have adopted that. I fear for our nation. And we've got to turn to the principles.
1: And that's why I say use your agency to get on your knees and pray. And then get up and do your very best, trusting that God will guide you. If you lack wisdom, ask of God and he'll give to you liberally. And abradeth not. He won't get you in trouble. He'll be delighted to give you guidance and direction and counsel. And then use your agency. Do your very best to be obedient at the same time. Understand that everybody's circumstances are not the same and understand that circumstantially you've got to get God's guidance for you and for the people that you're responsible for. So me, my family, Scott, his family, Kurt, his family, and we have responsibilities and we better take those responsibilities seriously and we cannot advocate them to another. Agency is important. Obedience is important. Prayer is important. Keeping the Sabbath day holy and repenting is important. And I believe that's where you're going to get the guidance to make it through, whether it's Corona or the many other future attacks on your liberty. That's, in my opinion, where the precious guidance comes from. God Almighty, directly to you. Literally, you are his offspring. You are his sons and daughters. And he loves you. And he will give you protection, guidance, and the love that you need to see this through kurt any final comments sir
3: god bless america god bless the world amen to that scott
8: well i I think that we've hit upon some very critical things that people need to really give consideration to because this is going to get a lot more bumpy before it gets better
1: unfortunately i agree but if we turn to god almighty in the name of jesus christ we will have comfort relief power and guidance, I promise. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for Sam Kurt and the good Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com, we declare this
9: nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.